Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The Boys of Summers are back on the Diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Maxi, so we've been using AG1 for about a month now. Um, how do you feel? What, how good have you been feeling since you started this thing? Honestly, I know it sounds hokey, but I love it. Like, I love the taste. That's the number one question I get asked. What does it taste like? Does it taste good? It tastes fantastic. You can have it on its own with water. You can mix it into a smoothie. Been on it for about a month now. I have it every morning, honestly. Have it with my black coffee. Gives me the energy I need to get to lunch. And I feel great. I got my nutrients. I'm not worried about having too many vegetables for dinner. There you go. What, how do you feel? I feel good too. You know what? I do it a bit differently where I put it in the water bottle. Don't do the coffee thing, but I will go and take Winston on a baby walk outside because he's, he's an English bulldog. Not that much exercise needed, you know, but I have time to finish that little drink and then I come back and then I start working. I just feel like I've hit everything I needed for the day. I have the energy, like you said, and it's the easiest thing I've been taken, honestly, to feel as great as I do. And, um, I, I, you know, I added a little Miro to it and it's perfect. It's, it's, it's the perfect drink. And, um, I wouldn't change anything to be honest. I'll keep doing it for a long time. I'm pretty sure. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash TKKS. That's athleticgreens.com slash TKKS. Check it out. She scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN, the PWHPA, and Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Presents hockey like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show with Liz Knox and Carol Lemard. <laughs> Let's get it. Go. Welcome back to Noxie and Cax. This week, we're excited to bring you the story of an athlete who was a two-time NCAA national champion, then switched sports, and is now representing Canada on the world stage. She's a product of Brampton, Ontario, is days away from her next national team camp, and is a panelist on a five-star podcast called The Neutral Zone. We can't wait to hear more of her story. Welcome, Claire Buchanan. Welcome. Welcome, Claire. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I've been listening to your guys' show for a long time, so I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Well, we're, we're honored. Along. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think we could probably pick up some tips from you because I was able to listen to one of your podcasts this week. And yeah, we got a ways to go, Cax. But you know what? <laughs> we're still learning. We're not, we're we're not still learning. in that five stars area, but we can, no. we can learn. We can learn, right? We're strong for four, though, I think. <laughs> we are. I mean, that's, I, I can honestly say that's all on our like host and producer. Like he he makes the scripts and like we we just feed him people to interview, like uh, use our networks and stuff. But yeah, he he it's definitely his full time job because we, we get a script and we just got to follow it. <laughs> I love that. Us, we're yeah, just lucky if we can 
<laughs> get in. <laughs> well, we, we, people want to get on this. We're just, uh, you know, we're, we're a little busy and trying to get uh, people into the schedule. So I think it's our fault too. But yeah, Claire, you cannot not take any credit on it. I will say yes. That if the podcast is good, it's because of the host as well, too. Let's That's put right. It that way. And we will get into a little bit of the NutraZone later in the episode. But we want to start with you, Claire. Uh, we met way back in Branton when I was playing for the Thunder in the CWHL. And that's where you're from. So take us back, born in Branton, walk us through kind of your sports career, how you found sports. Yeah. Just a little bit about your kind of minor, I'm going to say minor sports career because you. <laughs> it sounds like you did a little bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, it's. I've been an athlete for 23 years now. Um and uh, yeah, sledge hockey was kind of my first taste of of para sports, and uh, yeah, I kind of owe it a lot to my mom. She found the community that had uh, other people just like me with playing sports and living with a disability. And so, yeah, at one point I was playing uh, sledge hockey, and I was doing track and field, and playing wheelchair basketball, and just like trying everything out as kids do and so yeah yeah, very very lucky to be able to have that and it it blossomed into uh wheelchair basketball taking me to uh the states to play collegiately and uh and then coming back and finding out there's a a women's national team and and also like (laughs) like a women's pro league happening uh in the able-bodied community too so um yeah i came back uh from the states and and played a little bit of wheelchair basketball um, when I came back and tried to crack that Paralympic squad and just was never able to uh, to get there. And uh, just really at one point chose to really dive head in to, to hockey and kind of revolve my entire life around it. <laughs> as we do. As we do, like live and breathe, <laughs> live and breathe the sport. We're, we're talking hockey on family day. So you got to love what you do, right? So absolutely. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I want to, I want to take you back before I, Noxie probably has 20 questions coming up and, and I know, but um, <laughs> so within the community and where you were and you said your mother uh, found, uh, you know, an association or sports that you could, uh, go on how because if I'm being honest uh, when we want to play hockey uh, yes there is no you know girls hockey maybe in our time or whatever and we played with the boys but uh, how either difficult or easy was it to find these you know sports and areas and teams or organizations um, where you could you know see yourself and compete yeah. amongst you know similar people as you yeah um, I I would like to say that it was easy, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it was like for mom with a kid with a disability in in the late 80s. So uh, probably a whole gap of information was was lacking. And um, I mean, I think that she is, I guess, more determined than most and really wanted to find uh, something that I can get out and do and, and meet friends and just kind of be a regular kid. Cause I mean, during school and kind of those day to day things uh, you don't really feel like the other right. kids um, mm-hmm. and those barriers are kind of put in front of you. So uh, yeah, I think she was just kind of uh, head first into making sure that I had kind of that community 
And uh, yeah, I can, I can say now that like, I mean, especially with social media and like, and shows like this, that uh, there's just an endless amount of information and it's, now just like a click away of like, hey, I want to play a sport like <laughs> when <laughs> you're on the ice the next week, right? So um, yeah, it's it was probably really, really hard. But um, I, I definitely can't speak from her experience. I'm, I'm sure it was really difficult. <laughs> well, well, you you hit on so many good points there. I mean, I think this is <laughs> the like, yeah, like the whole point of sport is to find community, stay yeah. active, meet people like you. You know, and like we talk about the PWHPA, the Secret Dream Gap Tour, like this is all we're trying to do. We're just trying to give young girls a visible yes. piece where they can say, hey, I want to do this with my life, you know, and, you know, to yeah. your point, like, yeah, in the late 80s, I'm sure there wasn't like commercials for like, join your local para hockey team or sledge hockey exactly. team or mm-hmm. join this wheelchair basketball league like your mom, you know, to your point. And to her credit, yeah, I'm sure had exactly. to put in a little bit of work to make sure that she had the yeah. opportunities that, you know, you were more than deserving of. And before we get into kind of your career, I do want to kind of acknowledge your the disability that you live with, which is spina bifida. Yeah. I think I said that correctly. Um, <laughs> my, my Wikipedia search says it's a condition that affects the spine, a uh, type of neural tube defect. So in layman's terms... Tell yeah, us how please. spina bifida <laughs> affects yeah. your life. And and obviously under the understanding that everybody's a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it, it affects your spinal cord. Um, so more often than not, there's a like a lesion in the area that uh, it's affected. And um, depending on kind of what level of your spine that it's at, um, that's really determines what parts of your body it, it affects. And so right. I, I am much different than uh, other people that live with spina bifida. It's a very wide range of a disability where I more often than not, um, if people don't see that I'm wearing leg braces or, or whatnot that um, mistaken me for able-bodied. Um, so yeah. my, my, the way that it affects my body is very minor. Um, but at the other end, um, People with spina bifida also could be wheelchair users as well and be completely paralyzed from the waist down. And, and so it's just, uh, they kind of call it the snowflake disability because it's just, because uh, nerve, I mean, nerve endings are, are tricky and, and, and fragile at the same time. So depending on where that lesion is and kind of where it's affected, it, you never know what it's going to, what it's going to affect your body and as a whole. Absolutely. So, so you, like, like you say, walking down the street, people may mistaken you for an able-bodied person, which I'm sure is kind of like an interesting, like, I don't know, perspective on the world because we think of disability at times and we think that it's going to be so obvious, right? Yeah. So you're like, kind of like an insider being (laughs) like, Hey, you know, don't park there or Hey, this building is not like accessible to my friends. That's you said it perfectly because I like living in downtown Toronto. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the amount of spaces that are not accessible, but kind of like claim that they are. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. It's, I used to be this kind of shy, quiet kind of kid and, and, and teenager. And now I've just kind of grown into this adult that like walks into a place and I'm like, nope, this place, you're not accessible. I can't bring my friends here. Like, 
uh, this like I wish I want to come back because like it's a cool place, yeah. but I can't bring my bros. I can't bring like, <laughs> like I can't bring my teammates. You know what I mean? I can't. <laughs> I like your food, so, but like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and, and sometimes it can be like like very little things, but like details that we don't think of that you could point out right away. And I mean, I just think yeah. I need to learn so much more about it. And I I bet you. Like, let's say I would think, oh, this is great. They did this and they did that. And it's super accessible. And you'd walk in and be like, no, actually, they're missing yeah. this part. You see no- a handicap sign and you're like, oh, okay. Like, everything must be good and like all this. But yeah, it's it's frustrating because it's like, I can't say this for sure, but it's just an assumption that I'm making that like able-bodied individuals are creating or trying to create spaces for disabled you, people and not like actually asking uh, disabled people. I was going to say, I was going to say, but you don't yeah. ever help any, like that's, that's my, kind of my yeah. point. Like, are we, are we not reaching out to the right people to actually make these places accessible? Or like right? hiring, hiring the right people. Like this is our yeah, exactly, entire exactly. argument for like policy change or whatever. It's like, yeah. oh, we want to, you know, invite more women to the space. Well, like how many women are on, were on the Hockey Canada board, you know, like yeah. this is a no brainer. <laughs> like <laughs> you want to be yeah. more inclusive to a, a population of people that you're typically not reaching. Hey, like give them a seat at the table, right? Exactly. We're already getting so political yeah. and I love it. But <laughs> I want to save some of it. I want, I want to save the hard-hitting we'll questions. later. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we you kind of touched on it. You went to the University of Alabama. You played women's wheelchair basketball there. Um, and so, I, as we were saying before the show, like, Cax and I know NCAA women's hockey yeah. or U-sport women's hockey. We know that experience. We lived it. We want to get like your inside experience of playing like Division One women's and wheelchair basketball and the whole process yeah. on how you got there. Like University of Alabama of all places. <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah. Well, we 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 ask that right. Recruiting to everything. We want to know like all about it, Claire. So yeah, take, take us through it all. <laughs> I mean, I think. I mean, recruiting was kind of the first like step of it. Right. And it's cool to have that feeling of like, okay, like I, I never, that was kind of my first taste of like, okay, sport can take me places. You know what I mean? And, um, outside of Brampton, Ontario. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually go somewhere else and and play play sports. Yeah. So it was cool. I was being recruited by the university of Alabama and also, um, university of Illinois. Um, and I mean, I think Illinois, I would have had just as much fun at Illinois. Okay, uh, they okay. recruited me. They brought me down in like the middle of winter and like, tell me Alabama was sunny. Yeah. Like flew me down like in May and like right. it's sunny out and. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they were winning I think already. I could go a few years without seeing snow. I think I'd be okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, seriously. Yeah, yeah oh. but again, yeah, it was kind of my first taste of um, like high performance sport, and uh, yeah, it was ex- it was exactly kind of the experience that I I would assume that able bodied Division One sports are as well. Um, it has gotten bigger, obviously, over the years. Um, in terms of kind of the the amount of people that are investing in 
college para sports and, yeah. it, and it's growing in that sense. But um, they still, with the resources that they had, they made it feel a, like a division one experience of um, two a day practices, like games okay. all weekend and on top of schools uh, and like the traveling was cool. And yeah, like, I mean, nothing beats going to a uh, Alabama football game and, uh, you know, living that life. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Cause I mean, Alabama doesn't have any pro sports down there. Like, so right. they live and breathe their college sports. So right. um, it's, it's a way of life down there. And mm-hmm. that, that was really cool to experience. That's awesome. And, and before you go, I just want all our listeners to see or understand what the league was like and how many games and like just a couple more details on that. Like how many teams actually, you know, where you are school, did did all schools have, you know, those uh, programs or it was pretty limited and now it's grown since then. Like, where was it at back then? Um, It's definitely grown since then. Um, Yeah. I, I was there until, Yikes. Uh, it's okay. We all graduated yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, how old? <laughs> like, um, you could say a date or you could say a few years back, but that's okay. <laughs> I think at, at that time when I was there, there was uh, roughly six six schools involved. And, okay. Um, yeah. Now, now there's it's a giant league and um, there's multiple divisions. I was going to ask, yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, there's just a bunch more money being invested in it so they're getting the state-of-the-art uh, workout rooms and the whole locker room experience is like d1 legit like <laughs> your stall has your name in it and it's crafted for you and it like it fits your ball chair and like yeah it's it's wild what they have now but i mean that's it's cool to see how far it's come yeah. but yeah they had a great uh uh league when i was there Yeah. So six teams. What were the university? Sorry, Moxie. I'm stealing. No, you're this good. You're good. Right Take now. it away. <laughs> I just have Who's so a big questions. school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, up until up until we won the national championship, Illinois like owned owned it. Oh, like, okay. Were, okay. So they, yeah, they, they were the ones like target, I don't know, Moxie, if you like, hear yeah. this, but I think <laughs> Illinois was recruiting her, and then she went to Alabama, and then Alabama won. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big deal. Just gotta put it out there. Just so gotta put it out there. There's us, Illinois, Texas. Uh, I think there was a team in Maryland and uh, Arizona. So a little bit of travel yeah. too, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. It was, yeah. A lot of like, that was one of my favorite parts was like the road trips on the bus, right? So, <laughs> okay, wait, yeah. tell us. I, I'm thinking of a bus, right? How, like, I mean, wheelchairs, everything, like, whatever you have. Yeah. That. Were you carrying well, <laughs> all of that, like, stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to, uh, that was, that was sorry, the rookie's job. Like, like you, you get really st- good at, like, Tetris and packing stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm just blind now because, like, the rookies, that was your job. Like, all right, you're, you're putting all the chairs underneath the bus and organizing all the luggage and stuff, but yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. That's still the culture though. Like, all right, rookies yeah. take my chair. <laughs> yeah. I'll be getting settled yeah. on the bus with my mochaccino latte, whatever. Yeah, like three years ago, like it's <laughs> not my job anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And in terms of equipment, um, because obviously like your, your chair is your equipment all, like, for yeah. us, like on the ice, like pads, all that stuff. Nice so skates, like, yeah, does a school, 
like provide you with a, a game chair? Like, do you have game chair, practice chair? Like, help us understand how the equipment works. Um, well, now, uh, yeah, now athletes, if they're at kind of the college and high performance level, they'll they'll have like a main chair and a backup chair in case uh, nice. like your fray, fray breaks or, yeah. or or stuff like that. Like it's a it's yeah, very physical. physical. I was going to say contact sport. I was going to say, Noxie, like, have you seen a game? Because I've yeah, seen some so, people ramming into each other. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I would hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Cax would run people over. We know that. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Like I was, they were training also at uh, the Olympic Stadium with us when we were uh, there, uh, INS. And I was always like so impressed. We were doing sprints or stuff on the other court, and they, I just they were doing sprints on the chairs and everything. Yeah. But like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! Like just so, I honestly have so much like. Um, what's the word in English? God, I only have it in French, but uh, say it in French. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite game. Um, well, guess what you're no, trying to say? No, no, no. I gotta, I gotta find the, the but I give you guys so much cre- credit, but like it's so amazing to watch too. I admiration. think it's a beautiful sport. Admiration, admiration. See, it's so close. Yeah. And I, <laughs> God, <laughs> like, what am I thinking? Thank you, Noxie. But yeah, I got you, like, girl. So main chairs and and backup chairs, but like when you went, it was I'm I'm assuming one chair and then yeah, fix yeah. it on the fly the if most, anything. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, we you get really good relationships <laughs> with making- the local welders. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love Have you. That. <laughs> that just totally reminded me of like the Jill Sonier like metal story of like her take. <laughs> like you guys are here, she is taking her Olympic gold medal, and you're like taking your chair in being like can you fix this because we have a game in 12 hours and like yep. i don't need this thing breaking on me yep, that's amazing exactly. okay so yeah. so you played did you play all four years there at uh university of alabama i was there three years okay yeah. nice so you played yeah, three yeah. years there Two and you're playing wheelchair basketball and then you studied journalism you come back to canada and as you kind of alluded to you found your way back into sledge hockey, which before we go too far, I have to clarify. Tell us the difference, if at all, between para hockey and sledge hockey. <laughs> Zero. There's <laughs> nothing other than the name. Uh, it's always been sledge hockey, um, but a couple uh, Paralympic cycles ago, uh, the IPC and the Paralympic Games wanted to align all the sports so they kind of sounded the same. And so there's para swimming and para weightlifting or para soccer so they just wanted to align that to para hockey i guess have a little more clarity of like what the sport is i guess right it'll be interesting to see how how long uh this kind of lasts but yeah it's they'll i'm sure there's a new generation that'll just start calling it para hockey and <laughs> and then that's when you'll know you're old and the distinction too i i didn't mention this before the show but sledge hockey that you play on a sled that's that's what you guys call yes. your on ice vehicle i'll call it yes that's your sled yes. and right. i mean not to poke at the u.s too much but um the u.s is the only country in the entire world that calls it sled hockey wow <laughs> They make their own stuff. Our friends to the south. (laughs) They're like, take away the G. We don't need that. It's a sled. Make it their own. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we could clarify some of those terms because uh, (laughs) 
it's it's new to some of our listeners, I'm sure, and want to make sure we're saying the it's right the things, thing. describing yeah. the right sport, even. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit then about coming back to Canada, finding sledge hockey. We're we're, we're OGs, right? We can call it sledge yeah. hockey. Yeah, we'll <laughs> finding sledge hockey. And then like about the league that you started in, maybe are still playing in, how it's changed, how you switch teams, like take us through kind of your career after Alabama. Yeah. Um, it was, it was actually at a wheelchair basketball tournament that, uh, in Ontario, I think it was in Ontario that, uh, yeah, one of my teammates was like, I remember you, you used to play sledge hockey, right? Like, do you, do you still want to play? And like, she was um, not only on the national team, but her parents, uh, were the head coaches of it. Like they're the ones okay. that started it and was like, there needs to be a women's team. So um, yeah, I literally bought a sled that week and I was like, yes, like I'm just uh, diving. I definitely, yeah, like I am here for it. So yeah, I got a sled that week and I think tryouts for like eight weeks, 10 weeks out from there. And wow. I've, I've been on the national team ever since. And uh yeah, so in in Ontario we have our own sledge hockey league, um, just kind of within the province, and it's the Ontario Sledge Hockey Association. And um, I can't tell you how many teams there are in it, um, but uh, we have a tournament in London every year, um, and we have I think four four or five different divisions, and like forty six teams were there wow. this past wow. this past year. So huge. Yeah. Yeah, sledge hockey players from like age five in like the tiniest little buckets. Like it's, little, it's the cutest thing on the planet. <laughs> up to amazing. Like, we you got players, both men and women, and in, in easily into their sixties playing sledge hockey. Really? So yeah, yeah, that's the, awesome. It's very, it's very interesting. The like longevity of the sport that you're yeah. able to do uh, in sledge hockey, like yes. It's one of those things that like you can literally play until you die. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that's how we all want to go out. Just yeah. play in the great game. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I want to go back to the one thing you said. So you bought a sled and then eight weeks, then you had tryouts. So were you on the ice every day? Kind of like getting um, back to like, uh, you know see, what I mean? I like, wish. I right. wish that I, I wish that was an option just in general for sled yeah. hockey. Um, yeah. Ontario is pretty good that there's um, numerous arenas just around the GTA and, and outside the GTA that have kind of weekly ice times specifically for sledge hockey. So exactly, yeah. um, I'd be going to Oakville or Newmarket and um, just kind of all over the place, just trying to get as much ice as possible. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have it there, but uh, again, like it's, it's not, you can't have ice every day. That's yeah, not, right. that's really, I mean, unless, I said you're, that. unless you're on the Paralympic team and like Hockey Canada is paying for your ice. Uh, <laughs> you don't get the ice all the time. Side, too? I don't know, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. well I, I, my point was being like, this is, I think it's super impressive that, so you played, then you kind of left that sport, went in basketball and then got back to it and then, made yeah. the team basically eight weeks later. So yeah, I'm, it, we all don't get that ice every day. We know it too. But like, I was just curious to like, were you able to find ice? Was there like things? Is it like to- drop in hour then? Like, yes, it's yeah. Most of the time on those schedules, it's drop in sledge hockey. Right. Shinny. 
And you're just like kind of running your own drills, trying to get yourself ready. Yeah. And like, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, um, the sledge hockey community in general is just kind of like busting with fantastic humans. So, um, (laughs) you just kind of like, once ice starts, you know, whoever's there, we kind of figure out, okay, what do, what do we want to work on? Or, um, I mean, obviously some, some, some guys and girls just want to show up in scrimmage for two and a half hours, right. but you know, that's not how we get better. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so sometimes we will split up the ice or yeah, it's, oh, it, wow. we work it out between ourselves. <laughs> makes sense. Time. Makes sense. And just for reference, cause goaltending equipment is hella expensive. Like to just like be like, Oh, I'm going to go on my goal equipment today is like yeah. a serious investment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know what, a sled would cost. What did it cost you when you came back? Yeah. Okay. Um, so like your most basic kind of beginner sled, um, which is a bunch of pieces are adjustable. So you can kind of play around with it and see how you like your sled to kind of be set up. Um, runs at around 700 bucks. Okay. And then like the one that I have and kind of the uh, high performance athletes have, we kind of know our and set in how we like our sled to feel and stuff is, yeah. is right at 1500 bucks, but wow. that's like molded to your body and like, yeah, it's pretty customized. And then, and then sticks on top of that, of course. And all sticks equipment are too. $300 a pair. <sighs> Yeah. Steep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, like Cax says, then all of your protective yeah. gear. Like you yeah, have to and have then, it. Yeah, and then gear. So um yeah, shout out to play it against sports in Brampton because they have been they've been sharpening my blades and they have been helping me with equipment um for close to two decades. So wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's incredible. Really, really cool. Yeah. And okay, so now you're playing for the Durham Steel Hawks. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about this league. So, uh, safe to assume it's a co-ed league, right? Yeah. Um, how often then do you, are you training with like just women, or how often are you training and playing with the Durham team? Like, t- tell us a little bit about like kind of your regular season right now mm-hmm. as it stands. Yeah. So we have um, one practice a week, and then. Um, uh, most of the weekends we we have games as well once like one game a week as well um yeah i i'm currently in uh the b division so there's the a division b division c division um i was last year and um, before that i was with the mississauga cruisers in the a division and um yeah i was i was with that team i think four or five years and again yeah it's it's also mixed and um, the A division, they, they haven't been really consistent over the last few years with this, but they, they will let the national guys play in the league. And then the next season, they'll not let them play. So it's kind of been kind of up in the air, but it's, it's been cool to have the opportunity to kind of be teammates and kind of play against, uh, the Paralympic guys. It's, it's, I mean, it's made me a better player. Um, right. Yeah, but with the Durham Steelhawks, we're in the uh we're in the B division and yeah, again, it's it's mixed. Um I myself and one other one other girl is on the team. So yes, it's mixed, but it's not <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like not, a couple girls not and... a whole lot of female presence. Um I mean, but it's 
women's hockey and, and sledge hockey right now is just kind of exploding with, right. with all the exposure and kind of uh, the next generation now like can see that there's an opportunity to um, play for their country and, and, and go to the Paralympic games one day. So um, we weren't able to say that a few years back. So yeah. uh, I think now that there's like, Hey, like I can do this, like, and make a life out of it is, is bringing in a whole lot of interest uh, in the, with girls. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So we'll see maybe more leagues, more women's league potentially rise up from there or vice versa. I mean, who knows? That, yeah, that would be great. Is there any <laughs> all so women's league right now? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, there isn't. Um, we, I know... Like pre-pandemic, we had a few years where we had like a Canadian National Women's Championship where we had uh, Team Ontario, Team Quebec, and then like a Team Alberta team. And then there was like a mixed team because just uh, because of numbers. Um, But um, we haven't done that in a few years. There's actually been a couple of conversations of like people missing that tournament and stuff because like... Sure. It's... It's a... Like you guys know, it's a completely different feeling of like yeah. just being around all women and and playing hockey in a tournament than can playing with the guys. So, so then it, would that be like, forgive my not knowing, but like for us, like yeah, you play U eighteen on Team Ontario, you might get noticed by the national team there. Then they kind of follow your career as you go, you know, to college. You might get picked up for U twenty two team. Like you, you like kind of get seated into this like. Uh, journey or like pathway to the national yeah. team, well, obviously with the dream being the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that how does it work for you as an athlete to get noticed and picked up by the Canadian women's sledge hockey team? Uh, a lot of it is word word of mouth right now. Obviously, really, like there's just, um, yeah. I mean, there's probably like the London tournament and-, and the other tournaments, like that's current national players and like the head coach will. Will have us like scouting players and yeah, like, be like, "This girl's go legit." Find out how, yeah, go find out how many girls are playing hockey right now. Like, yeah. who you got your eye on? And like, yeah. So it's a lot of like us putting in uh, our efforts to 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 grow the game and 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 again let women know and girls know that hey, like you're pretty good at this. Like, do you? <laughs> Do you want to be on the national team? Like how, how far do you want to go with this? And so, which is really cool. Cause then you do get that kind of like genuine connection right away. And it's, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, scouting is done directly from the national team to, to rec leagues. There right. isn't with sledge hockey. It's, it's literally like just one jump and you're on the national team. So yeah, it would, again, it would be a dream to be able to have like kind of that, under 22 or you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's where a lot of the coaches are putting in uh, a lot of their time is because, right. I mean, grassroots is where it's at and you can't, you can't build off of nothing. Right. So um, yeah, grassroots is really important in the sledge hockey community with, with growing the game and, and, and making sure that enough players know uh, what their opportunities are. Yeah, it, like you you just like said it best, like opportunity, like talk about an opportunity for Hockey Canada to like invest in scouting. Like, listen, at the end of the day, like anytime you wear the Maple Leaf or the Stars and Stripes or, you know, wherever you're from, if you represent your country, like 
it's nationalism. It's like, it's <laughs> like pride of where you come from and yeah. like, we want to win. So like what yeah. an opportunity to create like scouting, coaching development, recruiting, mm-hmm. development for players. Like this is like basically like a blank slate just sitting here being like, okay, who's gonna, <laughs> who's gonna take this opportunity, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, see, that's like, that's the frustrating part is that, um, at like the high performance players, um, have not directly seen, uh, kind of the impact of, uh, the contributions that Hockey Canada have given us. Um, they right. have contributed to our program um, financially, but it's been put towards grassroots. So at camps, we're able to hold like a try it session for local women and girls and, uh, and stuff like that. But it's not like we haven't been able to put those resources directly to the high performance program. Understood. Yeah. Okay. So they have like a couple tryouts in different regions and then they make the national team type of thing or how does that even work? Um, No. So it'll be like, we have tryouts coming up this next weekend and it's, it's just that weekend is, is selection camp. And um, the, uh, the national team will be selected uh, during that weekend. And um, on, also a handful of uh, development players will be kind of selected, which they'll, they'll be able to be involved in training camps and stuff, but they won't, they won't be uh, kind of putting the Jersey on yet and, and playing games. Uh, But being able to, again, like develop and, and have that space where like, no one's really like, we don't want to leave people behind. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's no better atmosphere of getting better than, than playing alongside the national team that you want to be on one day. So, uh, And right now, just curious, like within your national team, like what's the, what's the age gap, the age differences between that is, you know, Cass is trying to expose you right now. I don't want to say that, but like I started like first team I played on the women's side. I was, uh, like when I went for the first couple of times, I was 13 just playing for seeing what that was like. And there was like people like 27, 28, 30 years old yeah. and I like you know so the yeah it's a big gap I'm, it's like a big gap and I, I'm just curious to you know since you're saying like there's not much like development going so there's not a U22 so like the gap is also like anyone and everyone that can make the team you know can make yeah. it that's any national players really or national programs um but I'm just curious to right now like there's there must be a little bit of a Again, an older <laughs> crew and bit a is younger an understatement. crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, right now, the national team, uh, it's up until, I think this is the first or second camp, uh, selection camp that is invite only. Okay. Um, wow. now, so like there's enough girls and enough talent out there that there like, they can close it up and, and, and do it that way. But, um, the minimum age to try out for the national team is 14. And last year when we won silver at the uh, first world uh, challenge, we had two 14 year old rookies on the team. So oh. um, yeah, See, let's leave it to that. But I love it. <laughs> there's a, there's a handful of girls on the team that I don't recognize their name. And uh, it's probably a whole bunch of young, youngins coming up to try <laughs> to steal our spots. But uh, um, yeah, the, uh, one of our uh, current goalies that played with us last year as well. Um, she's in her fifties. So 
You know what? She's still crushing it. Damn, and she girl. deserves yeah. to be there. Yeah. There's hope so, for me. I can keep I playing. Know, like, I, I got plenty of time. Of course, we I can got, make it to 2030. Claire, we got decades ahead of us. Like, yeah, we are. Come keep it a sled, man. You guys can play hockey forever. <laughs> we're, we're barely hitting our, our prime right now. The best years are ahead of us. Yes. Oh, that's it. incredible. I mean, I mean, good honor. Like, that's in a, in a sport, like, frankly, because we play women's hockey. So we know what it's like to play in an underfunded, underrecognized sport. Like, yeah. you must just love the game. I mean, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be spitting out almost 10 grand a season to represent Canada out of our own Okay. This is where we got the, the window is in there. Let's go, Noxie. So Dive in. the first, okay, I'm going to say the IPC Women's Sledge Hockey World Challenge first ever was in Brampton in 2014. So this is like 10 years ago. Well, let's, let's call it 10 years ago. Roundabout. Canada finished with silver. You were on that team, Claire. And then, as you mentioned, this past summer, there was a Para Ice Hockey Women's World Challenge in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Still not a world championship, though. So the first things first, I want you to kind of like explain this to us. What's the difference between this world challenge and where what is the direction that you are headed? Yeah, so... Up until now, we've had we've had a lot of support with the IPC. Like they, they what is the IPC? First of all, the International Paralympic Committee. So very similar to uh, the The International Olympic Committee, like mirrored almost. So um, they, they, I mean, yeah, they have (laughs) should be like this is is bare minimum shit right here. Yeah. So they've, they've always shown a lot of support for like, they, they know that our sport deserves to be at the Paralympic games. And, um, we've now reached a point where they can actually start, uh, scheduling tournaments that, um, are in the books and, um, do kind of our brick laying steps to, uh, to a world championships and, and then a Paralympic games because, uh, one, you can't have a Paralympic Games tournament without a World Championships tournament. So they're just in the process of um, on the way to creating a World Championships. And and I think that's coming with um, more teams internationally having women's uh, para hockey. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Canada and the U.S. have been just battling it out on their lonesome for a few uh for I mean I guess close to a decade now and and now we have um, Great Britain has a team full team squad um, that was in Green Bay uh, last year and um, yeah there's a bunch of there's a bunch of countries now that are are showing the interest because they see now that that there's a an actual plan right not just kind of this idea of like oh we want women's sledge hockey in the Paralympic Games but now there's um, yeah, it's it's set in stone of it, there's an actual plan laid out to make it happen. So the, so awesome. the world challenge is there to draw eyes, draw attention, get other, you know, sport associations to be like, oh, hey, like this is a two horse race right now. If we invest in our programs, like we could be a part of this world championship, which has to happen before women's para hockey can be instated in the 2030 Paralympics. Is that correct? Correct. 
Yes, absolutely. See, there's okay. always like, there's always just these like <laughs> loopholes that we have to jump through to get yeah. the sport where we want it. But that's, it's good to know. And I then, yeah, I guess like, tell us a little bit this summer, there was a ton of eyes on women's pair ice hockey in the world, women's world championship or challenge. Sorry. So it just rolls off my tongue. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to like have that Say be part it, of eh? our language. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But so the women's world challenge, right? And this is right at the helm of all the stuff coming out about hockey Canada and their funds and where they're putting it to cover up whatever else we won't spend too much time there. But, and it basically comes out that your team pays for all this yourself. Like you, you pay to yeah. go to these tournaments. I, yeah. And, and not just the athletes, like our, our staff that we have um, from our head coach all the way, through to our physio and, and massage and, and mental health specialists. Um, it's, they, they literally are putting their free time and it's not free time. It's not it's free volunteer. Time. Basically. It's volunteer yeah. and they just, they want to be a part of this and they love being a part of the program. And it's, it's yes, it's nice to see because it truly shows how passionate we are to, to kind of grow the game and be there. Um, but I mean, players and staff deserve to be supported. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even covering the cost of these things should be, you know, <laughs> you should play for free at least. If not, that's the first step, I guess. And, and, um, I, I just want to go back to, so 2025 would be the intent for women's world championship to happen. It is the reasons to push it to those that year, um, to have like, a numerous amount or do you ever have a minimum amount of countries that has to, you know, perform in order to call this a world championship? Is that why? Yes, I believe so. That is, uh, yeah, it's giving kind of that gap time to have, uh, other Finland countries and, put yeah. in teams and, right. and be able to train and, and be prepared. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know that, I believe for the Paralympic Games, at least, I, I, I can't speak on the world championships, but yeah. um, the IPC is asking for a minimum six to eight teams, which okay. for tournament play, like it makes sense with like the right. format that the tournament uh, kind of unfolds and stuff. But um, again, it's it's not impossible. Yeah. <laughs> If people want to buy in, they will. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And it, the whole like growing the game part is like, like a, a big thing. Like we, I know Canada and, and the U.S. have done this in the past, but going to other countries and trying to like run, you know, tryouts, like just come and try and like, will you love hockey? <laughs> Basically, will yeah. you fall in love with it? So I'm, I'm hoping that this is kind of like a thing that they will push for. Although I understand right now the budget is not even placed in your, in their own country, like Hockey Canada, step up for, I'm saying it, you're not, <laughs> but step the F up and, you know, invest in your players. And then you could also help other countries to, you know, kind of like grow this yeah. game that we're talking about here. Like, well, because like know? grassroots investment is fantastic. Like, absolutely. Certainly, but- we're not saying take away from grassroots, but yeah. like, right. if you're investing in the grassroots, but you're cutting the lawn every day. Like <laughs> yeah. exactly. you're not like, giving it anywhere to grow. You, you got to exactly fertilize that right. thing and then let them, you know, yeah. you gotta put some money on that grass here and there yeah. so that it looks good. And people want to, 
you know, Have join their grass in. Look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were we were lucky enough. Um I mean, again, it comes from our staff and head coach. Yeah. I I don't know when my head coach sleeps, but like just constantly, just constantly thinking of ways to like just help grow not only our our team but um parasports in general she's yeah yeah totally involved in everything but uh yeah this past november she helped create like a, a campaign for calling in corporate businesses to like step Come up and, and, yeah. and, yes. and support us and uh invest in women uh and and women's uh para hockey so um very, very grateful and excited to be partnered with Canadian Tire Mark's Work Warehouse. And um, for the first Woo-hoo. time ever in the women's program, it's uh, fully funded and um, athletes can breathe, <laughs> breathe That's a little amazing. bit. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Wow. And on that the shoulders. It's just a domino effect. <laughs> yeah. On the shoulders of your head coach, who, as you say, like, just create this call to action. Like this is wrong. Yeah. Let's just yeah. put the pressure on the corporations to like recognize. And again, yeah. timely because corporations are pulling their money from, you know, certain areas yes. of a certain association that I, we won't say again, but, and they're saying, where will, how will I give my, how will we give our money back to the sport that we yeah. all love? Like at the end of the day, you know, I, I understand like, obviously there's adaptations to it, but it's, it's the same game. Like we, we yeah, fell yeah. in love with it, with it for the same reasons. Like, so good yeah. on her for going that extra mile. And oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully I mean, that it, trend it continues. Was time. It was, it was definitely time. Uh, in 2019, uh, USA hockey picked up their women's para hockey team. And so they've, they've been under uh, USA's umbrella since then and have been able to, they just have that many more camps and um, yeah, just have that much more opportunity to, to grow and, and, and train yeah. um, together on the ice, which is the best way to train as a team. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was time that um, we weren't, we were tired of waiting yeah. for, for people that uh, are sitting on their hands. Like right. they, have, they have the opportunity to, to do something. And um, yeah, we were just, we're ready to kind of take it in our own hands and, and say, all right, who want, who wants to invest in us and who wants to be a part of this journey? Cause yes. uh, we're not going to stop what we're doing. Like yeah. it's not, it's got, it's not changing what we're doing on a day-to-day basis for the game. So that's awesome. Yeah. And you, you kind of alluded to it there. We will get into the podcast shortly, but you guys are funding this uh, up until now. You're funding this all by yourself. So yeah. suffice it to say that you're not training the training is not your full-time job. So uh, I do not get paid to train. No. <laughs> right. So you're finding time to train, which again, we've talked about on this show is a huge issue in women's hockey as well, because imagine how the ceiling, how the limit would move if everyone was able to train full-time. But tell us about your other work. Like what, what is your day job or what, like, how, do, how do you pay the bills? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I intentionally keep myself in the sports world. <laughs> um, As we all do. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to do anything else, uh, yeah. spe- especially after I'm done being an athlete. Um, so uh, the last few months I've been uh, working with Wheelchair Rugby Ontario as their high performance coordinator. And um, I, I work out with a little bit of the wheelchair tennis crew as well. But my main 
my main focus is with the wheelchair rugby crew. Um, and I also, I also am part of a podcast. Uh, so <laughs> do what you guys do as well. And it, yeah. again, it's, it's covering para sports and mainstream sports. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I dabble in a bunch of stuff. And again, uh, being an athlete, it also brings in cool opportunities of public speaking and kind of doing stuff like that. So, um, I, I'm very busy all the time. <laughs> I'm also a mom. I was going to say, and you have yeah. a five-year-old. So <laughs> that's a yeah. real job right there too. Full-time job. Yes. No kidding. Yeah. So. We have puppies. That's it over yeah. here. Moxie and I, but you know, we think it's pretty tough too. No, it's, just, it's not comparable. <laughs> but we try. We're moms. We try. We're animal. We're animal moms. I guess I don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. Parents. Um, okay. <laughs> oh gosh. Edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. Leave it in. Everyone knows I'm an idiot. Okay. So tell us about the neutral zone, which is your podcast. Everyone who's listening, go check it out. I just listened to your most recent episode happened to be on Valentine's day with Devin Hero, who's yeah, a great, so great, uh, I guess, broadcaster analyst yeah. in parasport and in curling. He's fantastic. I like, I'm obsessed with him. I love him, but tell us first about kind of the concept of your podcast, who your co-hosts are. Um, and then maybe we'll get into some of your favorite guests or favorite topics. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's called the neutral zone and, um, we cover, uh, we cover a, a good split of parasport and, uh, mainstream sports. So, um, we'll interview, uh, high performance para athletes across all sports. Um, next week we're interviewing a adaptive CrossFit athlete. So who that, is that, it? Can you tell us? World, that world is wild. Um, uh, yeah. Jedediah Nelson. So cool. Ooh. Sorry. Jedediah Snelson. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Just ah. like he's been to the CrossFit games eight times, won it three times. Just, just a jacked human. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, just jacked. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a fun show. Um, the host and producer is a two time Paralympian and and bocce, and it's it's me and uh, three other guys talking parasports. And um, I got into it uh, because one, I've I've been friends with that group of guys for um, most of my athletic career. We've either played sledge hockey together or across paths and in, in the parasport world. So um, it's cool. Just like talking about sports with your buds every week. Right. And Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> we get yeah, it. the show's, the show's been running for six years. Um, I've been part of the program for three years, but nice. um, yeah, started off as them interviewing me talking about women's para hockey. And they're like, do you, do you want to give this a go and you come do on this? and like be a part of it? So yeah, it's, it's been great. And, uh, this past September we switched over and added, uh, the YouTube addition to our, to our podcast. So, um, all of our visual learner, uh, um, visual, uh, viewers can get a taste of our show now. So yeah, that's awesome. Really cool. That. So, yeah, and, and your so. network is accessible media incorporated. You said yeah. that this show's been running six years. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I think like it literally started with um, like the host and and one of the other co-hosts literally going and being like, "Hey, we have this idea about a show. Like, 
do you want to support us? And <laughs> and that's how it started. They literally asked for a show and they got it. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. So cool. That. And a way to bring visibility, you know, to yeah, absolutely. like any sports that you guys cover too, or athletes yeah. that way. Yeah. I it's pretty it. cool. Like it's, I get, I get to learn about sports that I've never been able to kind of get a taste of. So yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty fun. And do you have, I know you can't really say like you have a favorite guest because you've been there for three years. So you've had a lot of guests. <laughs> yeah. But if you had to pick like a favorite episode, like an episode where you're like, hey, you want a real taste of what this show's like, listen to this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me personally, I, that I got to, we got to interview Brian Burke. And wow. the, so, I mean, a little bit of backstory for some context. Um, yeah. Up until the pandemic, uh, I, again, another one of my jobs to pay the bills and be able to play hockey. I was a Uber driver here in downtown Toronto and Brian Burke ended up in my car one night. So and nice. just, yeah, I got to talk like, <laughs> was talking like world juniors and, and sledge hockey with Brian Burke in my car. Yeah, it was and then literally like a year later, like getting on this podcast and interviewing the guy, like in You're like, yo, um, Berkey, you wanna come on the pod? Like, yeah. yeah. I'll pick you up. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. So um yeah, that that show was well. Um our head like our host and producer was away that week. So I got to host the that episode as well. Wow. So oh my I, gosh. like that is one that will like forever stick. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. And Berkey's like he's I say it like we're buddies. He has no idea who <laughs> I am for the record. <laughs> uh Mr. Burke, I mean he's he's fantastic. Like he is such an advocate of yeah. inclusion. Like yeah. he is, you know, advocating vocally about lgbtq plus acceptance which is yeah pathetic that that's where we're starting but human decency yeah (laughs) it's fine like we're we're getting there one thing at a time and uh he was at our games in pittsburgh like he's he's just he followed along in the cwhl days he's he's fantastic like he's he's one of those guys like he's good for the sport he's like and Absolutely. by the way, I just mean hockey at large, the hockey umbrella, we'll call it. Um, yeah. That's cool. I, I can't wait to check out that episode. That's start out as his Uber driver. Come on, seriously, yeah. <laughs> that's sick. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I think we're nearing the end. I did want to make sure that we plugged that the rivalry series, although game has started now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday. What day is it today? Tuesday. Monday. 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 Oh my god. Got it, Moxie. <laughs> Although the rivalry series is starting now, yeah, they're not the only Canadian women's team in Quebec this week uh-huh. and weekend. Of course, Claire Buchanan and the Canadian women's pair hockey team will ha- take place in their national selection camp, uh, the 26th, 22nd to 26th, I believe, right? Is that correct? For the 2023 yes. national yeah. team. So this is like a four-day camp. Walk us through yeah. kind of a day in the life. Like, what what are we going to be expecting? Yeah. So Wednesday is kind of our travel day. Everyone's coming in, uh, either driving or, or flying. We have a wide variety of athletes coming from all over Canada, which is cool. Um, and yeah, Wednesday they're uh, they're taking us out to the rivalry series. Actually, Come so we're going to be nice. Yeah, You're going to be in the bow. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there, Claire. Sick. Maybe we should <laughs> yeah. uh, sit down. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. Yeah, we should connect for Aww. sure. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be so you much fun. You can make it in, girl. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So they're taking, so you're coming, you're all coming to Montreal. Yeah, um, we're all coming to Montreal. Yeah. Wednesday's just kind of like a fly in, hang out day, get to know everybody. Nice. Um, kind of break the ice a little bit. Um, yeah. it's, this is the biggest group that we've had at, uh, national team selection camp. So, uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of old faces coming back after maternity leave and, and kind of also taking a break. So some old faces, some new faces showing nice, up. And nice, nice, nice. A whole bunch of youngins, I'm sure. So. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Uh, that means yeah. the that means the sport is healthy. That's what it means, oh, you know. Yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. what it is. Absolutely. Let me let me plug in where where at, what rink are you guys uh, hosting this camp at? Do you know? Do you know uh, the names in Montreal? I, yeah. Now? Um, I do have that information, but I can't. I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, no worries. Um, I was just it's. I was just in Montreal actually this past weekend and caught some para hockey. The the men's development team and Paralympic team was was there as well having a nice. camp. So um yeah, there's a lot of uh a lot of hockey going on in Montreal this, okay, this well, week. Uh, this week alone. So Yeah, we um, we can probably link it. I was gonna say uh, we're gonna link episode. where yeah. where it yeah. is and then okay. uh, it, it obviously this will come out on Friday and then we'll make sure that uh you know if they can catch yeah, go Sick. go watch. Yeah. Go, you know, absolutely. And go yeah, take so it in. And hound Claire yeah. for autographs afterwards. <laughs> absolutely, I'll be around, so maybe I'll show up. Yeah, that, you know. Yeah, please do. Should do. Um, okay, I yeah, love it. So, yeah, over the weekend it'll be two a day ice times. Um, there'll be a couple inner squad games as well. Into that, um, some off ice testing, on ice testing. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then Sunday they'll, we'll have kind of individual meetings and, uh, get phone calls to, uh, see if we crack the squad or not afterwards. So, wow. I, love it. I don't I love miss it. those days. <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple of the young girls are like, they're just like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm just like, I just treat it like any other training camp. Like, yeah. You know what? If someone takes my spot, like good on them. Like I'm just like you get to a point where you're just like it's just fun to be around that group. And um, but I mean, the nerves are good. That means you care, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we wish you all the best, Claire. You can check out uh, WPHCanada.com or the women's para hockey team at WPH Canada on Instagram. So check those channels. I'm sure that they'll be covering the camp coming up. And in PWHA, PWHPA news, uh, we're soaking up the sun in Tampa Bay this weekend in partnership with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's stop number seven on the Secret Dream Gap Tour, February 24th to 26th at the Advent Health Center Ice. The weekend kicks off with Scotiabank and Harvey's at 12 on Friday, followed by Sauna and Adidas at 3 p.m. You can get tickets, schedule merchandise and more at PWHPA.com or on our social channels at PWHPA. Claire... Cannot thank you enough. This was incredibly informative. And I think, you know, it opened our eyes. Hopefully it opened our listeners' eyes to this world that is just beginning to bud. And I can't wait to see where women's sledge hockey goes. Because we're OGs. We're calling it sledge hockey. <laughs> yeah. You can call it what you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know you You and I have been connecting quite, for quite a while now. And it's it's nice to kind of sit down and talk hockey for an hour. Yeah. And I should have said this earlier, but Claire has been an incredible supporter of women's hockey in the CWHL days with the PWHPA. So we want to thank you for your continued fandom. And we know we'll see you at a ring soon, whether... You're watching CAX or we're watching you. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> we'll probably see you on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, it will Sweet. be fun. Good luck at camp. And yes, uh, it was a blast you. to have you. And uh, thank you for coming on our show, basically, Claire. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. it for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again, Claire. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA and presented by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMRD. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scored!